welcome to the Nerd Party. Maximum warp. Punch it. Punch it. Punch it, Bishop! Punch it. Punch that shit! Let's punch it. Hello, everybody home, and welcome. This is Punch It! Writing in Star Trek, episode 69. I am your co-host, Tristan Riddell, and with me, as always, is... Charlene Schmidt, and I am so disappointed that we're doing episode 69, and it's nothing kinky. We did something wrong! Keep your mind out the gutter, Schmidt. I can't. You know me. It's the way I live. (laughs) It's who I am. Well, besides that whole business going on uh we have some great news today because before we get into a topic before we go into announcements we have to announce today's winner of the review contest yeah for the book desperate measures the star trek discovery book that this winner is now going to get free of charge it's going to be shipped to them for free they don't have to pay anything all they have to do is give us their address and the individual who won is geeky teacher Robarge? Robarge? Robargi? <laughs> Something like that? <laughs> Something like that. Yes. And all you did was write a review for us. And we thank everybody who did participate. So, geeky teacher Robarge, however you pronounce your name, please contact us on Twitter. My handle is Oh the Profanity or Tristan. You're the Insane Robin. Or you can go to our uh, our main show page at Join Nerd Party, or you can contact us via email by going to thenerdparty.com slash contact, selecting Punch It from the drop-down menu, fill out the form, it'll send us an email right to our doorstep. So thank you, everyone, who submitted. We got a lot of international reviews. We did. We got a few American ones, and so we really do appreciate everyone who took the time. And even though this is the end of the contest, doesn't mean that you have to stop supporting us or giving us reviews. All you have to, <laughs> like, please, 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 if you like what we do, go to iTunes, give us a review, give us a rating. You can give us any kind of rating that you wish. Yes, because in the future, we do want to do another contest that will include everybody who has written us a review ever. Yes. We don't want yes. to do it to the exclusion of the people who have supported us from the very beginning. So at some point, we will give you a chance. So get those reviews in now. Don't delay. And it will possibly pay off in the future. Oh, right. So going on into other news, less cool news. Um, <laughs> if you've been listening to the show for the past couple of weeks, you know that the network is in trouble. We got hit with a legal claim. And it's a, it's a horrible situation, but we're trying to fight it. We're trying to get past it, and we're getting help from listeners like you and from other people like you because we started a GoFundMe. If you go to GoFundMe.com slash The Nerd Party, again, that's GoFundMe.com slash The Nerd Party, you will be able to find out a little bit more about the situation. You'll see a video of me, and it's also transcribed. If you can't watch it, you just can read We can't go into details because it's an ongoing legal situation. We wish we could explain more, but we physically and and, and legally can't. But longtime listeners will know that we've never asked for this kind of thing before. This is not a common thing from us. No, we don't even do a Patreon. We don't even do a Patreon. But if this happened to us as easy as it did, it could easily happen to you if you have any kind of online presence. If you have a podcast, a network, a blog, if you have patrons from Patreon, or even if you have a, an online store that sells non-copyrighted merchandise, that's right, non-copyrighted merchandise, this could happen to you. So help us try to fight this and predatory legal practices like this. 
Uh, we're trying to raise $8,100. It's a lot of money, but we know that you guys will be able to help us get there. Anything that you can give would be appreciated and helpful. We reached a quarter of our goal in one week, and it's been up for two weeks now. And just we really want to thank everybody who has donated and given and shared and talked about it on their blog or talked about it on their social media and everything like that. And also, if you don't, for whatever reason, don't want to use GoFundMe, you can uh, send us a donation via PayPal at paypal.me slash the nerd party. Again, that's paypal.me slash the nerd party. And again, we really do appreciate your help. The support has been fantastic. It lets us know that, hey, yes, you guys are out there. You're paying attention. You do support us and you do love us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right. How about how about we talk some Star Trek? I think it's time. Let's do some Star Trek, please. To move into that. So this one is a listener suggestion. Now, Shark, can you tell us who the listener was and what their question was? Yeah. Well, and first off, we've been getting some fantastic what-if suggestions. We've been doing a little bit of what-if lately, and I guess that's inspired our listeners to keep submitting more. So we might be on a little bit of a streak for a little while, which I'm perfectly okay with because what-ifs are so fun. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to take a suggestion from Twitter user Mr. Scientist, and his suggestion was, what if Voyager didn't get home in Endgame? Now, we're going to write this on the fly. We're going to do it live right here. Yes. And I don't know if we have ever written a story on the fly where we knew the desired outcome. So this is kind of a new thing. Yeah, this is pretty interesting because we, we've talked at great lengths about Star Trek Voyager, of course. If you um, have been listening to us for years, you know that we came from To The Journey, which was a Star Trek Voyager show. And we've often talked about what it would be like if they got home in season six and we had season seven yes, as, yes. as a season of them being back in the Alpha Quadrant. And we've talked about what each character would be doing post-Voyager and, and everything like that. So we've, we've talked a lot of time about post-Endgame stuff, but never, ever, ever have we talked about what the show would be like, or regardless of the show, what the experience, the characters, the idea would be like if they didn't get home in Endgame, because you do remember that the, in the last couple of minutes of the show, they gave us a little tease where they said they're like, okay, if we go left, we go home to the Alpha Quadrant. If we go right, it's right back to the Delta Quadrant. And then there's a little ambiguity, and um, Janeway asked Tom, he's like, where are we? Or like, are we on course? And he's like, we're exactly where we expected to be, like totally ambiguous. <laughs> you know, just like, are they home? Are they not? Of course we knew they were going to get home. You know, as an audience, we right. knew that was going to happen. So what if, what if, and I love that phrase, and I love that we're doing these episodes of what if, what if in Endgame, they went right instead of left, and instead of going to the Alpha Quadrant, they went back to the Delta Quadrant, and they achieved their goal, maybe, I don't know, but they went back to the Delta Quadrant, had a huge impact, a huge striking force against the Borg, but they're not home, and then that's the end of the series, and then we write what happens post-Voyager series in a universe where they didn't get home at that specific time. <laughs> what a heartbreaker. Because yes, you disable the Borg, but you don't completely finish the mission. Now that that said, though, I know of a lot of fans who would have actually loved it if Voyager had continued being stranded in the Delta Quadrant. Like, that's what they thought the show should have been. So, like, in a way, we're kind of doing endgame like part three or endgame epilogue 
Yes, I think so. I think this could be, I don't even know if it needs to specifically be an episode. It could be just a concept. It could be a novel. It could be a character sketch or a plotline sketch or a TV movie or I don't know. Or heck, we make a movie where it's post-Voyager in an alternate reality where they didn't get home. You know, like we could do anything <laughs> we want with this. I really just think it, it should be a free-form conversation of us talking about what-if scenarios. Well, let's explore these possibilities because we're going to have a lot of aftermath. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, on the show that aired, they had to get home. They had to have that happy ending. And we're doing the opposite. We're going to have very let down possibly depressed people this was their best chance in seven years they were ready they were expecting to get home and then it didn't happen and they have to keep trudging forward this is gonna hurt (laughs) this is gonna be debilitating i keep thinking i have this idea in my head i don't necessarily want to execute it but in the end of endgame you have janeway say in a very triumphant and a very emotional set course for home hearkening back to caretaker you know like what if after this happened like the end game she says the same thing but maybe she's bawling (laughs) or she said you know like she's like saying set course for home but she's just just broken yeah yeah you can tell that she is just like this far away from the edge single tear coming down her cheek i don't know if she's bawling but no, I, she, I, I mean I she's just, trying really hard to contain herself because she's on the bridge but there's that, that one tear that escapes and you just we know she's hurting so hard but i love that idea using the same line very different context yeah same line very different context you're right i i like i went i said bawling just to be funny but you're <laughs> right like some like where she maybe there's like a crack in her voice a single tear yeah you know chakotay's looking at her and uh, but Tom, he doesn't care, you know, because he's he's all the way back because he has a, the birth of his daughter. It, right. Also, Tom is one of those people who might actually embrace the fact that they are still in the Delta Quadrant. Voyager is home to him and Balana. They don't have anything back on Earth, really, except maybe maybe their parents. But other than that, I mean, they're OK. So what's going to be interesting is we're going to have those people who are so heartbroken. But then we've got the folks who are just like, OK. Yeah, we can keep going. We're good. I think because in the show, there was several times when they thought they were going to get home. There were several opportunities. And this one, I think, is definitely the latest and the biggest. And so this one's going to hurt the most. But I don't think that this is going to kill them. I don't think this is going to really... I don't think this is going to be the huge, oh my God, are we ever going to get home? I can't do this anymore. Because... For them, this is a little run of the mill. They're just like, all right, well, that didn't work. We'll just kind of move on and do the next one. I feel like everybody's going to have a moment. Everyone's going to have a mourning period. But I think because the Voyager crew is just is so professional and so great and so strong, they're just going to hop right back on their feet and set course for home. But I do think an obvious answer or an obvious tidbit might be it hurts Harry the most. I think that would be the obvious thing. I disagree. But at the same time, I feel like we saw Harry Kim take a huge turn in Endgame where, yes. you know, like that, that whole speech where he says it's not, you know, it's not the destination doesn't matter. It's about the journey to the journey. I feel like this could be his moment where he's just like, you know what? That sucks, but I'm over it. I'm going to move on. I'm going to start living my life here now and I'm going to make the most of it. I'm going to continue to want to get home, but I'm not going to let it consume me. And I th- I'd love to see that reiterated in our version 
where he's stronger. Yes, I do think that we conclude whatever this is with kind of a renewed motivation. Yes, we're on our way home, but we're embracing what we have now and it's okay. So we're going to have the mourning period and then it's going to transform into the optimism once again. Right, right. Like we're used to seeing. Now, I would love to see like because Harry helped plan this and even though they didn't get home, like Harry was very instrumental in a huge strike to the Borg. I'd love to see him get promoted. (laughs) And I'm not trying to be funny. I mean, if the... If there was anything, I mean, this guy's done so many things on this ship. Yes, I think this is a long overdue promotion. And you know what? It can't hurt his morale. So let's promote the guy, Lieutenant Kim, finally. I'd love to see if there was some sort of trickery that she could do where where she could give him two ranks where he's a lieutenant senior grade. (laughs) Like he jumps two, two ranks real quick. I think he would deserve it. Very much so. And then like he, of course, like lauds it over uh Tom, where he says he's like, I'm now your superior. Please salute me when you walk by me. <laughs> we got to have that moment. And it's going to happen on the bridge. He's going to have the pip on his chair. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. Oh, that's going to be a very great moment. I think, you know what? When we have that moment, I think that's got to be Janeway's way of kind of going from her morning to kind of getting back on track. Because when I said I disagree when you were talking about Harry, I'm thinking this is going to hurt Janeway the most. And here's why. She got her hopes up this time. She genuinely Mm -hmm. did. I mean, she's always hoped. But this time, I think she really thought it would happen. And I'd love to have a moment between her and Chakotay where they're talking in her ready room. She just said, I can't believe I fell this hard this time. Mm-hmm. We've known for seven years just how difficult this was going to be, and I let myself get carried away, and this one hurts. And he's got to remind her, but think about all that we did. We disabled the Borg. Who else has done that? Nobody. We did it. <laughs> and so, you know, he's got to give her a little pep talk. Now, there's a few things, like Seven and Chicote. Uh-huh. Now... With the end game ending, it was just kind of left to our imagination of what was going to happen. With us, do we go the homecoming route in the novels where they quickly, yes. you know, sweep it under the rug? Do we say like, okay, they stick together for like a year, but then break up after that? What do we want to do with that? Like, how do we address it? You know that I don't like this relationship. So the sooner we get rid of it, the better. I do not care about this at all. I want it gone. I think most people do. So, so can we get rid of it? Can we just, maybe Seven's just not that into it where she's just, you know what, Chakotay, this was fun, but I'm good. Or maybe he's breaking up with her. I'm not sure which. It doesn't matter. Just let's make that happen. I say like if this was like a season eight scenario where like it was maybe done in comic books or in stories later down on the route, uh, later later down the road, you know, how like Buffy the Vampire Slayer continued with a comic book series and like every year they say this would be, this would have been season eight of Buffy, this would have been season nine of Buffy, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. Like if we did that with this, we, I'd love to actually see the relationship just a little bit, but then see how it doesn't work. See how they're just not right for each other. And it was kind of a... Uh-huh. A relationship of convenience. It was a relationship of proximity. And they realized that. And I'd love to see, actually see, down the road, Seven finally get those quarters. 
and finally get out of the cargo bay. And maybe when she grows a little bit, she realizes that she grows beyond the relationship with her and Chakotay. And Chakotay realizes it too, where she's like, this was fundamental for my growth. I really appreciate what you helped me realize about myself and about other people. But I think we are done. Like, I think we- (laughs) We're not compatible. We're not compatible. I don't think it's crazy. I don't think it's big. I don't think it's an emotional breakup. I think it's very calm and collected and- It's just kind of like, you know what? You're right. Let's part as decent people and as colleagues. That's the logical, nice, and realistic way to bring that out. I can roll with it just to bring it to a a good conclusion. As far as extending it, I'm willing to go (laughs) with that just to make it realistic. So, okay, cool. That's done. (laughs) Now, as we go with this story, we get to see morale grow up a little bit we get to see right. her age and 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 see tom and balana be parents not just expecting parents how do you see that developing that's a very good question i would like to see maybe parenthood be a little tougher than they anticipated maybe there's some obstacles that come their way that they maybe didn't foresee or they just didn't realize how day to day you know what parenting and managing our lives for duty you know blah 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 a lot of things are changing so they hinted at some things but the reality is a little different things like where Tom and Harry were talking about hey you're not going to be able to have uh, time on the holodeck the same way you used to buddy I'm going to miss you the reality of that maybe Tom is just aching to do something on the holodeck and he can't Maybe Bellana's got to pull extra shifts in engineering for a little while. He is, I don't want to say stuck with Mural, but somebody's got to watch the kid. I would love to see an episode or a story where Tom is just so, like, he, he misses the holodeck so much that we actually see him with, like, a baby Bjorn on, and he has Mural <laughs> connected to his chest, and he's, like, he's in the holodeck, and he's run around. Maybe he's Captain Proton or something like that, and... <laughs> And like Bellana catches him and says like, are you insane? He's like, it's cool. It's cool. I have the safeties on. And she's like, yeah, because those have never gone crazy before. Right. So she kind of gets mad about it. I like that. I would love to see that kind of storyline. One other thing that I, I would love to see is I would love to see a boom of Voyager pregnancies. Right. This is something that should have been happening over the years. People getting together, starting families, getting married. I think especially after this whole incident where maybe people did get their hopes up just a little bit more and then realizing that they are still out there, they've got to do this for the long haul, they're not, they're probably not getting back to the Alpha Quadrant anytime soon. Let's start pairing people off for crying out loud. That, that's exactly what I was thinking. That line of logic is, wow, we might really be stuck here. We might, it might really take us 70 years to get home. Yeah, let's stop wasting time. Exactly. Like like, like maybe a couple of people start turning 30 or 40 and they're just like, whoa, okay, I, if I'm going to have a family, I got to do it right now, regardless of Delta Quadrant or Alpha yeah. Quadrant. Yeah, no, I like that. And then suddenly that's re-raising some of the issues that they've sort of brought up over time, but not really fully addressed because there wasn't as much of a need. Suddenly they're going to have a need for things like a schoolroom maybe. Mm-hmm. Do they need a daycare center? Is somebody going to be in charge of that? Who's that going to be? Yeah, who is that going to be? Who's going to be in charge of the daycare center? Because Neelix is gone. Yeah. 
Yeah. Who's going to teach these kids? Is there a qualified teacher in the ranks? Or is there somebody who's willing to step up and learn how to teach kids? I would love to see a Maquis member who we haven't really heard from or seen from before kind of show up and replace Neelix. Like we have Chill. He's cooking. Yeah, he's cooking. Sorry, I was blanking on that. He's cooking. And so I'd love to see somebody kind of pop up as the the makeshift morale officer and also daycare sort of runner. I'd love to see he or she just be like, you know what? Before the Federation and Cardassian dispute took my home, I was a teacher or like I was in like I ran a daycare or I was a oh, nanny like or it. something like that. And then I became a freedom fighter. Somebody just kind of taking charge, like putting infrastructure in for the kids. Yeah. And then it say something like now that seven is out of cargo bay two, maybe we can devote half of cargo bay two into Ooh. a nursery and school room, you know, something like that. Maybe that's the impetus to get seven out of there in the first place. Yeah. 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 And then maybe that's the, pu- that's a push that she needed. Yeah, like, listen, yeah. we need the space. <laughs> I love it. That's great. That's great. Yeah. Now who that is, do we want to name names? I think it's just a, a new character. Really? I think that that would be a chance to get a new character on board. Who who were you thinking? Oh, I'm I'm blanking on the name, unfortunately. Who is it in the 37s that Chakotay talks about not wanting him to leave? Oh, uh, Jarvin. Oh, man. Yeah, it could be something like that. Like I'd hate to lose Jarvin or something like that. Something like that. Maybe it could be somebody like him. Okay, that's fine. I think like if we want to do it as somebody that we've heard before but never seen. I think yeah, I think that's or fine. Maybe I, like very minorly in the background. I don't know if we actually saw that guy or not. I wish it would be somebody like that, not a new character. Okay. Because there's 150 people. Essentially, it would be a new character, even if they were just referenced. Well, once, sure, but, because they're underdeveloped. Yeah, I get yeah, it. I get it. But you know what I'm saying. But I wouldn't want it to be like Ayala or something like that, because we always hear about Ayala and we've right. seen Ayala. You know. Yeah. No. Somebody who just yeah, somebody very distant in the roll call. Yes, I feel like this is kind of therapeutic for us because like <laughs> if we is. had an, an imaginary season eight, we're kind of fixing all the things that we wanted to see over the past seven seasons. Yeah, well, and you know what? Endgame was such an abrupt ending that it was so not satisfying. This is, I don't know, I think we need a little bit of falling action, which we did mm-hmm. not get. So that's why this is so therapeutic. Yeah, that's actually, uh, I mean, I loved Endgame. I know that I'm in the minority. I know a lot of people didn't like it, but I really liked it. And there's one thing that I kind of compare it to where if you look at Breaking Bad, which is arguably one of the best TV shows in the past 25 years easily. So good. The climax of the show was not in the last episode. Oh, yes. We've talked about this. Yeah, I, like I'm sometimes I'm a broken record and I always try to go back to Breaking Bad. But <laughs> with the uh, <laughs> the the climax of the show was Ozymandias, which was episode 14 and the finale of the show wasn't until episode 16. So there was two episodes of epilogue and falling action. I mean, it was still I mean, it was still integral to the plot. There were still a lot of things that were happening, but Ozymandias was crazy. Big stuff happening, lots of excitement, lots of drama, lots of action. And episode 15 and, and 16 were very much lower key. And that is because the showrunner is smart enough to understand when you have a series over five years or longer, you need that epilogue. You need that falling action because you cannot just end with boom and credits because people will feel like, oh, I had no chance to exhale. 
And this scenario kind of helps people exhale. Yeah. And I would say even though the finale itself, Felina, is incredibly action-packed, it is that final bit of closure that you needed. Mm-hmm. But it's still falling action. It's it's just really good storytelling. One of these days, we'll have to take on Breaking Bad a little more on the show. But <laughs> now is not the time. Okay, so back to Star Trek. Back to Star Trek. So uh, who else have we have we not talked about? We talked about Seven a little bit. Uh, we talked about Chakotay Ch- even less just because in his relation to Seven, Janeway has a renewed sense of business on getting home and Kim gets a promotion and he's totally like he's done a 180. He's just like, okay, this is my life now. Talk about Tom and Bellana and morale. Um, what about the doctor? Like, is the doctor at all changed? One thing, I want to step back one little bit. What if Harry enters into a relationship? That'd be interesting. It kind of maybe instead of like we focused a lot on Tom and Bellana, so maybe shift gears a little bit and focus on Harry Kim and his relationship. Where you have that contrast where Tom and Bellana are not the old married couple, but they're definitely further along in a stage of their relationship as opposed to Harry, who's just entering a relationship and the newness of that. And maybe that gets Tom and Bellana a little, I don't know, reminiscent a little bit. Maybe we see a moment where they're just dying to go out on a date together because they <laughs> haven't since Moral was born or something like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it makes them think, oh, it gives them that spark again. Reminds them just how much in love they are. Something cute. So who would this relationship be? That's a good question. I don't want to say one of the Delaney sisters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I have a feeling that they're just still playing around. That's the way the Delaney sisters are. I don't know. Maybe that is a new character. Somebody we don't really know. It's a little limiting. I mean, like because yeah, we, we haven't seen everybody on the ship. And does that person that he has a relationship with become a recurring character or uh-huh. do they become that person who's maybe not in the main cast but yet we see all the time or are they just referenced and seen a couple of times you know like what do we want to do with that character good question i feel like that could go any of those ways <laughs> okay so we really it'd just be like okay it's time for harry to be in a legit relationship not just have a fling with a passing alien but like have a committed relationship that he works on and we show the the triumphs and the struggles yeah, he genuinely falls in love for the long haul. That would be great for Harry. So what about Tuvok? Mm. At some point, he's got to go through Ponfar. <laughs> Again. Again. I mean, they're going to be out here for a while. Ponfar is a difficult thing when you're out there. I don't want to say if enough time passes, he gives up on his wife, because I don't think he would. I don't think he would at all. Because no. and remember, they'd still be in contact with home. Right. I'm not sure where I'm going with that. Do you have any ideas? Never this mind. might be a little bit of a cheat, but I feel like Tuvok pretty much remains unchanged. Tuvok is who he is. Maybe that's the problem I'm having is he's not going to change that much. Yeah, I, I think his his mission has always been support Janeway, support the crew, get him home. And nothing has changed about that because he's not interested in social pursuits. He's not interested in getting a girlfriend or anything like that. He's no. married. He's a parent. And he's going to remain that way until he gets home. And then continue it in the Alpha Quadrant. And I feel like Tuvok and the Doc are pretty mainstays. Like, even though the Doc did a lot of changing, I feel like we need to reach a little bit of a plateau with him. Because it sometimes it's just like he grew so much so fast in the last three seasons that we need to rest with him a little bit. <laughs> I'm perfectly okay with that. He got a lot of attention 
yeah, that that's totally cool. Maybe he can have a romance with an alien of the week here and there or something. But I agree. Can we tone him down? Not tone him down, but can we put him in a little bit of the background? Just just, just a tad. And Seven, too. Yeah, I feel like we set up Seven early on with what we talked about. Moving out of Cargo Bay 2, getting our own quarters, maybe switching into the to the uniform, breaking up with Chakotay. Yeah. And she just kind of, you know, continues on in that vein for a while. Yeah, yeah. One idea I just thought about with Tuvok, and I'm not sure how exciting this is, is maybe we learn that Tuvok has been writing and cataloging, I don't know, like a journal of sorts about the whole mission thus far and is continuing to do it. And I don't know if somewhere down the line that has some significance, but the fact that it's Tuvok, it's going to be very eloquent and well-written and and it's going to go down in posterity. I like that. I, I think I could see that showing up down the road where it's just like oh like maybe maybe it's kind of it echoes the worst case scenario episode where people are surprised at how good it is you know people are surprised at how well captured he got everybody yeah oh i like that only it's the true story right right (laughs) i like yeah i like that uh one thing that actually i mean now that we're talking about tuvok and even though his character might not change one thing and this is a little cheating i would love to see him create that elite force from the video games from the star trek video games (laughs) where like he develops a super duper security crew that are are used only for the tough missions the dangerous missions so basically his own makos and i would love to see that kind of build and that would be a chance to get in some new characters hmm yeah it would be interesting to see who he recruits yes but why would they need that that's the real issue Eh, because it would be fun (laughs) okay Like maybe maybe there's an episode down the line or a story down the line where it's just like they realize that this is going to sound horrible, but they they use the bridge crew too much for the dangerous stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, duh. Well, yeah, I mean, that's always been a Star Trek problem where do you really need your bridge crew to be on every single dangerous mission? Now, we know the real world reasons for that, but yes. what if maybe Tuvok finally convinces a few people to kind of stand back a little bit like Tom? You're a father now, Bellana. You're a mother. You don't need to go on every single mission. Oh, yeah. That's a great thing to address over time. Yeah. And so maybe we've got some younger guys who need to step up a little bit. One idea that I just had is what if they're in a part of space where there's sort of just these renegade raiders who try to attack the ship, board it, take supplies, get out. They're very clever. They're very sneaky. And maybe that's when Tuvok recruits this force to maybe be sneaky back, try and gain intelligence. Maybe they do some hardcore parkour (laughs) for some action stunts. They're kind of that squad that they're going to work underground a little bit and try to get to the heart of these guys and eliminate them. I think that's cool. I think that's good. I think the way that we can set it up is the same way that Tom set up the Delta Flyer, where it's like, listen... Our normal shuttles are great for the Alpha Quadrant, but they're just not built for the Delta Quadrant. What if that's how Tuvok feels about his current security detail, where like maybe they get raided and he's just like, listen, enough is enough. This happens way too much. We're too vulnerable and we're all running around trying to play catch up. What if we had a dedicated security force just for this type of thing that is ready at a moment's notice so that w- the moment that this happens, they're ready to mobilize and drop their duties or whatever they're doing and take care of this, like heavily trained type people. I like it. That works. They could be Delta Force. Boom, boom. Yeah. 
Some ninja moves. Just like Chuck Norris, Delta Force, Star Trek Voyager. Um, <laughs> On UPN. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, who haven't we covered? Oh, I don't think Naomi Wildman would really change too terribly much. Maybe her relationship with Seven would change a little bit. Maybe it grows more and more because Neelix is gone. And Seven has become a little bit more natural in her conversation and with her emotions and everything like that. Maybe a real surrogate, uh, maybe more like family situation. I don't want to say mother-daughter, but like aunt. Like and sister, maybe. Or, or aunt. I think aunt is better since Seven is that much older. But Naomi is growing and maturing. Mm-hmm. That would be a great dynamic. Just to see their relationship evolve into a little more of maybe as Naomi is growing up, she's asking Seven for advice. Things like that. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Or maybe vice versa. <laughs> well, that would be the kind of a cool dynamic. Yeah. That would be fun. Okay, that's cool. What else here? Are we missing anything? I feel like we are, but I don't know what. I mean, do we focus on Chell a little bit now that he's in the mess hall? Do we give him some more development? Because we talked about that just last week a little bit. I think we could. I think we would We would naturally explore that as time goes on. I feel like he would just kind of be an upgraded background character where we see him whenever we're in the mess hall, and that's pretty much it. I don't really feel like we need any Chell storylines or anything crazy, but I do know what we're missing, and I know exactly what you can't put your finger on. What's and that? And it's Chakotay and Janeway. <laughs> well, naturally, you know where I want to take this. I want to pull the trigger. Let's do this! This, I think, is going to turn a corner for them, too, on a personal level, especially now that Seven's no longer in the picture. I think Chakotay has always known that he's loved Janeway. Mm -hmm. And maybe Janeway is finally ready to say, to hell with this stupid Starfleet rule. We're out here. We're alone. We're not getting any younger. Mm -hmm. Let's get it on. I would love to see, like, five minutes after Seven and Chakotay are no longer together. Literally, literally five minutes. I would want to see Janeway call Chakotay to her ready room or to her quarters, wherever, and say, listen, I can't do this anymore. (laughs) I kind of love it. And then he has to come back with, well, guess what just happened? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And her face just kind of like, actually, no, I want her to hold off. Like, I want her to purposely hold off because she thought that Seven and, and Chakotay were together. But the moment she finds out, that Seven and Chakotay are no longer together, that's when she pulls the trigger because we're post-Endgame in this alternate reality where she's just like, listen, I thought I could make it seven years and I did make it seven years. I cannot make it an eighth year. You and me. <laughs> seven years too long, man. This is happening. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I kind of love setting up that scene where she's about to burst. Mm-hmm. She can't take it anymore. And maybe that's when Chakotay just closes in and gives her a big kiss and that's it. There you go. That's the end of the story. Their feelings are declared. They're doing this. Darn, I love it. Yeah. Season eight of Voyager, done. (laughs) I love it. So we did more than an episode on the fly. We did more than little vignettes. We've we've set up an arc. Season arc. For the aftermath of Endgame if they had never gone home. And as disappointing as it would have been, honestly, I'd prefer this. Yeah, this would have been a lot of fun. I mean, like whether this was set up in a... A year long, not like, I mean, goes over the course of a year in a TV movie or a film or a novel series or comic book series, whatever it is. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen this in some sort of serialized format. Totally. 
it would have been beautiful. But you know what's great is it lives on here. That's right. It lives on in our hearts and in our minds and in this MP3. So thank you, everybody, for, for listening and subscribing. Uh, make sure to go to iTunes and give us a review, give us a rating, and we'll mention you on the show. And as usual, please uh, check us out on Twitter. You can find me at the Insane Robin. You can find me at Oh the Profanity. You can find the show at Join Nerd Party and find all of our back episodes as well as all of the other shows on the network at thenerdparty.com. You can find all of our social media there all of our other shows. And as we mentioned at the top of the show, please, 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 if you can, because I know a lot of people are struggling just like us, if you can go and help us out and donate, any amount would be appreciated. Go to gofundme.com slash the nerd party. Again, that's gofundme.com slash the nerd party. And please tune in next week where we're going to continue to punch it. Ready for warp, sir. Let's punch it. Join the revolution. Join the nerd party.